All right, the latest session of Patriots Fan Therapy is in order here on Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. And just because we do not have a Patriots pick of the week, thank God, uh, you can always fade Fitzy or ride with heart by going to fanduel.com slash six rings. Take advantage of their fabulous same game parlays and no sweat first bet promos. Guys, I'm excited to welcome back to the show the perfect person to have on a Patriots can't lose weekend because they're not playing football. Thank God. It's one and the only from Patriots.com. Andy's mentor, the godfather of football talk. The one, the only Paul Perillo joins us. Paul Perillo. Paul, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? I like hey, that. Andy Hart's mentor. I like that. I'm going to add that to my resume. Well, Wait, but that means you're responsible for what I do. Yeah, you want correct. that? Yeah. Well, you want that? So, I mean, I could have called it like, like the the Padawan. Always there are two, a master and an apprentice. So, you know, are you a jet? Are you more Jedi or Sith Lord? All I don't right, want to get too stuck. Okay, yeah. All right, right. don't go down your little cast. Go go over to the dork cast. You want? All right, all right, nerds. All right, I had no bullying. All right, come on. I've had in the locker and shut it. I've had a tough enough season, Paul. Before we get into just what things may look like the rest of the way. We don't need to spend too much time on how did we get here? Well, we'll probably spend a little time on that, but real quick, you're the first person we've spoken to that actually was part of the Foxborough envoy to Frankfurt. And Oh, what a satisfying 10 year effort it was for Mr. Kraft and family. How was your personal experience? Did you enjoy the sights, the sounds, the food and uh, things going on at Patriots house? Yeah. At the risk of, you know, opening my, myself up to all the obvious jokes, you know, aside from the play, Mrs. Lincoln, um, it was a great week. I, I thought we got a lot done. I, you know, it's, you know, it was something that the organization put a lot into in terms of our international market. And I thought um, some of the, you know, some of the things that we put together at Patriots House, as you said, um, also at Gibson's, uh, you know, nightclub, um, we had tremendous amounts of uh, fan interest. And Andy, just think back to London in 09, um, you know, at that sports bar. Um, we actually had lines of people waiting to talk to the Patriots Unfiltered crew. And, you know, just the excitement and enthusiasm for, uh, the, you know, the team still, even while they're only winning two games, um, was unbelievable. Right. So I think a lot of the stuff we did off the field, was a uh, you know, was a big time success. Um, we had a lot of people over there. It was a long week, uh, and it was a lot of work. But I, I thought we did a lot of interesting stuff. Unfortunately, the game didn't uh, fall into any of those categories. And that's what made just to follow up real quick, Andy. That but that's what makes it such an extra bummer. On top of it, those people that those people that were so excited to see you guys, the the German Patriots fans, mar congregating and marching in the streets, filling up the bars, going to all the events like. They were going to celebrate no matter what as they show up like with a Patriots jersey and a Seahawks hat and a Chargers scarf or whatever, you know, garb of assembled NFL. Well, we had a couple of cheeseheads in our radio, you know, like Why in not? our audience for the radio show. It was great. You know, just sure. the enthusiasm over there for the league is is impressive. It's great. It's really it's really great. And it's too bad they were not able to see uh, a win as well. But it must have been nice considering how difficult, you know, Andy and I on our postgame show, you on unfiltered pre and post and during the week. It must have just been a nice respite to get some football and Patriots positivity to just make it fun again for a couple of days, because by and large, it hasn't been around here in a while, Paul. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what a lot of us talked about. Um, we had some meetings when we got back, just sort of what went right, what went wrong, you know, in terms of our coverage and some of our opportunities, what we missed out on. But that was one of the things that a lot of people talked about. You know, you hear and, you know, we're part of it, too. I'm not trying to say it's the fans being negative. We are, too. Um, you know, it's hard to to find a lot of silver linings in a two and eight season. But over there, it's not like that. It, you know, they, they still think of the Patriots with that reverence and they're still excited. Now they're concerned. And they want to know what's going to happen, you know, with with Bill Belichick and with Mac Jones and, and the direction of the team. But um, it was it was nice to sort of get outside that bubble of the constant losing and negativity and sort of find a different different element from the Patriots fans. You guys want to talk about the uh, Apple documentary now, if we really just want to go all in on the glory days and living in the past. We're going to talk about the present. Yeah. So the, the Apple documentary is funny because I've kind of been, uh, you know. <laughs> I've been not involved. I wouldn't say involved is a strong word, but a lot of that stuff has gone on right around where I am. So uh, I'll be curious to see how that looks when it's all put together. Yeah, I, I'll watch it. I mean, not going to lie to you. I got a, my mentor, Paul Perillo, obviously. Yeah. Um, we are both big believers in like, ooh, that story's awful long. I'm not reading it. Or, ooh, 10 episodes. Not sure I'm all in for 10 episodes. That's quite a commitment. Yeah, especially 10 episodes of something, Andy, that I think you and I can, you know, 95 plus percent is going to be repetition for us. Right. I don't think we're, we're going to learn Fitzy. I don't think you're going to learn a whole lot from this. This is going to be for more of a casual fan and a national fan who's not necessarily inside the day-to-day of the dynasty. Yeah, and the yeah, national fan still thinks they are the dynasty. So let's just jump in. We got to get into, okay, yep. look, glory days. That's great. Okay, all right, all right, all right. The, right, the right, decades right. like the Raiders and you can wear your – your freaking Walter Payton and Mike Singletary jersey, like you're a Bears fan and all that crap. Um, what the hell's going on? You're you, such you, an angry man. No, so, I so, just so like, much anger in such a compact package. It's truly especially remarkable. now down big 23 head, pounds thanks to head, 180. Still the a big, still big. The head, head didn't shrink. Head still yeah. big. Um, so Paul, the, the, to me, it's the, like you can't talk about any of this, Andy, without sort of looking at the relationship between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and. I don't know, you know, I have an idea. I'm sure we're going to get to this, you know, for this podcast, you know, what's going to happen at the end of the year, but what's going to happen these last, uh, you know, seven games or whatever. Uh, it, 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 I think that's, that's to me the fascinating part. What exactly did they do? Um, and, and I have no problem with Bill Belichick taking Mac Jones out. I thought it was a little late. I thought it was kind of unfair to Bailey Zappi when he actually did it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mac Jones has gotten more than enough opportunities. I, uh, was a little surprised to see our King Hatchet man in Boston, Dan Shaughnessy, say, are we being a little too hard on Mac? That was a surprise. I I don't think even now people are being hard enough on Mac. I think there's still a lot of people that think this is all about what's around Mac and what Bill has done to Mac as opposed to Mac's play. He stinks. Like, the reality is, and and I know Dan Orlovsky Mm -hmm. can do his little, like, whatever quarterback apologist oh i'm gonna text mac and tell him you're not as bad as you think you oh, are. like today yeah. the latest was like no quarterback can win in this situation because the the line can't block the receivers don't get separation okay. I mean, it's that's the thing like paul i've been just as someone yes i have a responsibility to host things take calls and try to examine things every now and again on occasion from an uh, a non-biased media perspective but i always think fan first and it's been so frustrating the last couple of years, all of the little micro civil wars and like chasms that have 
that have broken the schisms, if you will, that have like broken here in Patriots Nation. Like you have the it's Bill's fault versus it's Max fault people. And you have the it's ownership's fault. Yeah. It, no, it's Bill's fault. And you have it's the weapons. No, it's the lot. Like it's just been yeah. nonstop back and forth. Z last year, Zappy versus Mac. Like there's so many. And this to me just means that the organization hasn't gotten anything really right in a while to smooth all these things out. And so now we've got all this infighting and it just largely makes a lot of what we do way more unpleasant than not only that we're used to, but that it should be. Yeah. I think it's a great point because they haven't really been on the same page since Brady left. And I, I think that that's a big part of the problem. Um, not, I mean, obviously you, you lose the greatest quarterback ever and that's going to affect anybody, you know, regardless of how unified you are, but, it's so much more difficult when one guy wants this guy, one guy wants that guy. That's going to permeate in your locker room. We've seen some of the reports that have come out this week about, mm -hmm. um, you know, the the differences. If you're a defensive player, forget about, you know, Andrew Callahan's report about the 80-20 source or whatever, the 80-20 against Mac. If you're a defensive player, how can you have faith in Mac Jones? Like you go out and let up 10 points in a game. And I'm not saying the defense has played great all year because I don't think it has. But on Sunday in Germany, the defense played well enough to win a football game, and they couldn't even score 11 points. So I don't know how you cannot have some you know, uncertainty about the quarterback, and that's not good for a team. So I agree with that, but I actually just posted a, a column a, a little bit along these lines. The one way that I can, as a defense, have any support for Mac is – I practice against the other clowns every day, too, and I know they're just as bad or worse. Like, I'm not saying Mac is good enough, but there's still a chance that Mac might be the best. Like, that's the only way I think as a defensive player, if I'm being honest, yeah, Mac screws up in games. Zappy, Greer, and Cunningham screw up in practice. I'm there every day, and they're hitting me yeah. in the chest with passes. And, like, they've mismanaged this quarterback situation in an irresponsible way in my opinion bill yeah. belichick your words not mine dating back to the colt post peyton manning suck for luck campaign um they've just mismanaged the quarterback position there's no other way about it yeah nobody keeps receipts like andy that's that, that that's nope. that's part of my mentorship that's uh, what's it, in the boxes behind him right now well, um, to be fair bill keeps receipts as well as i do too no yeah. no question and I, and i would agree with everything you just said and i would also say that according to the defensive players you know, according to some of these reports, Mac is also making those mistakes in practice over and yeah. over again. He's being corrected by the defensive players, and then he's going out and making the same mistakes in games. This, to me, isn't about like, well, you know, Bailey Zappi's better than Mac. He get what I'm saying is the quarterback has not played to a level that he can inspire any confidence on the team, and that's that's a problem when when you have veteran guys. Um, and I kind of felt like this with Devin McCourty last year. I thought McCourty had periodically some very interesting things to say. Now you're seeing him a lot as, he, as a member of the media. I think he's really good at that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the McCourty twins, I think, have been very uh, refreshingly honest about the situation. But if you listened last year, you you caught some comments from Devin McCourty about sort of the uncertainty and what they were doing. When a veteran has been a part of a lot of success and then he sees like a team like this, he knows the difference. Like he knows we're not going anywhere with it. I'm convinced that's why he decided to to retire, right? Because he knew that they didn't have it. Um, I I think those those things, you know, a, a David Andrews, a Dietrich Wise, uh, mm -hmm. Matthew Judon, some of the guys that have been around some successful teams, uh, in, in you know in their 30s. I think it's hard for those guys to sit there and say, yeah, this is good enough because it's not good enough. No. 
Now, Paul, on, on that note, then, if the Patriots are to rid themselves of any bad apples and players that are just not going to be able to cut it, that don't have enough Sunday talent, as well as coaches that maybe have been around too long or just are not communicating effectively with the players and connecting on field with what they do during the week. How much, like what percent of an organizational flush do you think this team either needs or likely will undergo? Yeah, I, I would like to see it, you know, pretty close to 100%. I don't think we're going to get that. I think it'll be a little less than that. I don't think Belichick will be back. I mean, I'll, I'll state that, you know, pretty clearly. I think some of the reports over Same. the weekend would would tell me, I think, you know, some of those guys, I think, you know, Gary Myers in New York, but, you know, as an example, I think he probably had it pretty close uh, of how this is going to unfold. I think that they'll walk away. And then the question will be, where does Bill go? Does he want to go somewhere? Where does he go? And is there compensation involved um, to, for, for Robert Kraft to allow him to go? But I, I, I am fine. I used to not necessarily buy the Gerard Mayo succession plan. I'm starting to buy it now, and I'm a little disappointed. It had nothing to do with Gerard Mayo, who I really like a lot. Um, I respect the guy uh, more, you know, first and foremost. But he's been a coach since like 2019. I think he's like five years in the league. So, a, I'm not sure he's ready to be a head coach first and foremost. B. How many relationships has he established around the league that he can actually put together a staff, like a quality staff, when he's only been around for such a short period of time? Um, so I would worry about those things. And I think if you're going to have Gerard Mayo, that probably means you're going to have some element of holdover. Um, maybe a Demarcus Covington stays. Maybe he'd be a terrific defensive coordinator. I don't know. I think he's done a pretty good job of the defensive line. It's one of the few areas of the team that's actually performed really well. Their run defense is probably the lone bright spot on the entire operation. They're excellent stopping the run. They have been all year. Um, so maybe he gets a promotion, but I don't like the idea of keeping those ties to Belichick, the old way. I, I want something new and I want something fresh. And I know that sounds, well, listen to this guy. He's just ranting and raving. He doesn't even know what he wants. He just wants it different. Yeah, I kind of do. I just want a, a change. I want a change of offensive philosophy. And I want a change of sort of the idea of what it takes to win football games on a consistent basis, not trying to keep a team down necessarily, but trying to outscore a team. And I don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, 41 38 like Detroit and, and the Chargers, but, you know, can you win a 31 27 game? They haven't been able to win that game for three years. So I, I'd like to stop trying to win 17 13 and start trying to win 31 27. Yeah, I, I'm very similar with you. I like Mayo. Um, I'm not sure it'll work. I'm not sure he's ready. I also have some hesitancies in terms of philosophy. That comment he made a couple of years ago about not wanting the fast linebacker who will take a false step before he gets there. He'd rather have the slow guy who goes in a straight line. Yep. Felt like a dated philosophy to me. Um, but I'm also more interested a couple tiers up on the organizational depth chart. Um, yep. I know Fitzy and I have taken a lot of strange calls, in my opinion, that want Robert Kraft out. They want him handing all the reins over to Jonathan Kraft. That is where it should start. I don't think that's going to happen. I actually don't want that to happen. To me, Robert has, we throw the phrase earned the right. That guy's earned the right to do whatever the hell damn well he pleases and run his damn team. But below Kraft is the one I'm worried about. Who is running the team? Who is picking the groceries? Is Matt Gross sticking around? Are you? Is, does Gerard Mayo get to pick? That's kind of the thing in the NFL now. You have a coach who picks his G. Like, who's going to be doing those decisions in the front office? 
and this is one part of what I'm talking about. So if you wiped everything clean, I think when we had a good talk about this on, on Patriots Unfiltered this week, you know, like what would your preference be? Would hey, we don't want- need to be plugging other podcasts. This is the best podcast in town. Screw the PU. Hey, but they're also live and I enjoy listening. I throw them on my earbuds when I go for a walk or a run as well. We can be no mutually wonder you're beneficial. so misinformed. You listen to Fred. The world's original podcast. Uh, and number one, number two, you'd be surprised about uh, your, your old boss, Fred, and some of his uh, thoughts and opinions. This they broke season. him too. Yeah, oh, no, they broke, oh, they broke Fred. Let's just put it this way: when we do the picks every every Thursday, Andy, right? What would Andy? What would Fred's record be right now? In under uh, two circuit? and eight. Two and eight, right? <laughs> He's not two and eight. I'll just Ooh, leave it at that. Picking against the franchise several wow. times, several times. So the question would be: Do you, you know? Let's if everybody gets wiped clean, do you want to hire a GM who then picks the coach, or do you want to identify a coach and then talk to him about? you know, make it a, a, a tag team effort. What do you want to do for a GM? And I think there's merits to both ways, but I think at this point, if, if it's not a pack, you know, like McDaniels and Dave Ziegler seem to be tied together mm-hmm. when they went to the Raiders. Like so, you know, you know, but that, but that, <laughs> you know, that works out. There's no real argument there, but who does Gerard Mayo have a, as a GM that he trusts? I th- again, there's those threads of the Belichick way that I think would be sticking around. I'd be surprised if if, if those guys all left. You know, between Matt Crow and Elliot Wolf, I, I think some some of that would stay. And again, I'm, I'm not really interested in that. I want a, a clean slate and a start over. Exactly. It's, and I feel see Andy when you bring up the whole like the callers we've taken that say you know Mr. Kraft needs to like oh blah 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 you know it's time for Jonathan to take over. Uh, I, I feel like some people are afraid that some decisions will be made through or due to sentimentality, as in like, well, things have been so successful for so long, Paul, that, you know, maybe Bill just shouldn't be making the decisions, but we need some Belichick cologne. We need some six rings aura still in the building, as opposed to like, OK, it's time to hit the reset button and just get everyone out and start over, which it feels like more people than not want. But I think uh, I think Robert probably still wants to hold on to a lot of what worked that they can still, you know, trumpet and pump their chest around. And that could be that could leave us in a very strange middle ground. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I worry about. Um, I just. Those guys cut their teeth under Bill. They can't possibly not be influenced by the way that Bill did things. So, and, right. and again, I, this isn't a bashing of Bill Belichick. No. It, you know, there's nobody. Andy will tell you, as frustrated as we ever were at our most frustrated covering Bill Belichick and working for the Patriots, neither one of us ever said one bad thing about Bill Belichick, the coach. Do we agree with every movie ever made? No. But we both recognize the greatness of what he has and what he has accomplished. We just feel like, and I, I shouldn't say we for this part, I feel like. Mentor speaking time. for me now. It's time, you know, it's just, it's, it's time to try it a different way. And I know my buddy Felger likes to say, I want the young offensive guy in the tight pants with the new, with the new offense and the new ideas. That's what I want. You know, I want a Ben Johnson. I, you know, even if mm-hmm. it's, if it, if it's the enemy, you know, uh, in Washington, look at that offense um, that he's put together with. I, I mean, I, I don't think that that's a tremendous offense in terms of personnel with Sam Howell running the show. I mean, Terry McLaurin's a terrific receiver, but mm-hmm. Beyond that, he's got a, a bunch of nice player, players, and he, and they're getting a lot out of that offense somehow. So, 
And I just think they need to find a way to do it differently. And it starts with the personnel department too. It includes the personnel department as well. Yeah. And I, I think this is a huge question. I know Gresh has sort of been very, uh, on the front of this, like if you get rid of Bill, you got to get rid of everybody. Cause it, you, you want to get rid of the stench of Belichick. You hate. Correct. And I'm not sure I agree with that because I don't want to get rid of the Belichickian way. I want to get rid of the Belichickian late career missteps. And I think you can differentiate like the example I'd give is Ozzie Newsome ran the Ravens, the Belichick way to some degree. Correct. And it worked. So like, if you can stick to some of the core principles, modernize them. Like that's what everybody needs to do, right? Like find a way to stay relevant, modernize yeah. it. Okay. And, now I'm in. You modernized it. I'm yeah, in. And, mm -hmm. But that's where a guy like Mayo, you have to trust his instincts to say, okay, we're going to take this part of the Belichick way, but this part is so dated. It's not even funny. Get rid of it. Bring okay. in this McVeigh Shanahan. Now, I don't know if, if Mayo is the guy to do that. A name I've thrown out, Paul for sort of organizational GM leadership is Adam Peters, the guy who was with the Broncos, the Patriots. He's in San Francisco, San Francisco. so he's yeah. been around Shanahan and Lynch, which a lot of people think Shanahan Lynch, that's kind of pretty high on the pecking order in the NFL of coaching and GM-dom. Could he be a guy that says, yeah, I know the Patriot way, and I'm going to keep 32% of it, and then the other 68% I'm pulling from X, Y, and Z. That's the challenge. That's a bigger question than our minds or our pay grades probably to figure out it's the problem the Crafts face. But we do need to talk about the rest of the season. Yeah. And we do. The fact that <laughs> we still need to cover it. There's seven games left to play. I know two like months of football. Paul. I mean, I'm all for starting the number three overall pick preparation right now, but that's not actually where we are in the process. They haven't even earned that pick yet. Mac Jones got benched and then he was out there with the ones. No, 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 but I'm saying most recently got benched after the worst throw I've ever seen on an NFL field, maybe on bad. a high school field, maybe on any field of any football type of any kind on any place on the planet. He was benched emotionally, I thought, to some degree in that spot. I think Bill pulled a little Andy Hart and was like, go sit your ass down. I'm done with you. Um, but then the media's back out there for, huh, curiously, more plays in practice than they normally see. Oh, usually, guys, you get stretching and drills. I'm going to give you 12 plays of offense for Mac Jones to stick his hands under David Andrews' big old katukis. Who is going to be the starting quarterback for the final seven weeks? Who should be the starting quarterback for the final seven weeks, Paul Perillo? Well, I think Bailey Zappi is going to be the starting quarterback against the Giants. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not telling you the last seven weeks. I, you know, I have Jamil no way to know. Zappi. No, I think it could be one of those typical things where I, I felt I like last. Last year, the whole the whole zappy thing, you know, I, I did kind of recognize the the lack of fortune, you know, through no fault of his own that Mac Jones suffered. Like he starts the season and, you know, he's playing against Miami and Miami, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, Baltimore at home. Then he gets hurt. OK, they have to go to Green Bay where Brian Hoyer starts. So mm -hmm. no, no, no picnic there. Zappy goes in, you know, sort of does well enough. And then he gets what? Cleveland, Detroit, yep. Detroit right. before they had gotten good and they went over yep. six on fourth down to give like up the all worst kinds defense of, in history. Yeah. But in well, not only it's a bad defense, they were all hurt, if you yep. recall. Then the right. kid got paralyzed in like the first play of the game, which oh, yeah. completely deflated the whole line. You know, so the, I, I do recognize oh, that was awful. Happy's success right. came in real pockets of 
And I think there's another one coming <laughs> on Sunday against the Giants. Like uh, I just like as, as negative as we're going to be, I cannot see the Patriots losing to the Giants unless, uh, uh, unless. And I think Andy's disgusted face will tell you what I'm going to say. Uh, there's an orchestrated effort to do so. Well, there should you know, be. If you want, I want a third, damn third, there should be, but they're not going to. Like it just goes against and, every fiber and grain of Belichick and Kraft. Like forget about do Belichick it. and Kraft. Teams don't do that. They might not put the players on the field that give them the best chance, but they are going to do everything. That, the Arizona Cardinals, to me, tanked the first half of the season better than any team I've ever seen tank. They got rid of every good player they could in the offseason, mm -hmm. and they played their balls off every single week, and they were competitive in most of those weeks. Mm -hmm. But they didn't win any of the games. That's how you tank. You don't have, like. I know people it's think it. when you tank, you just don't try. NFL players can't take the field and not try. No, right. It's, we're not tanking. We suck. And Belichick is not going to put a game to game plan together that he says, I know exactly what won't work here. They don't yeah. do that. No, and, I and, and neither did Jonathan Gannon in, in Arizona. So mm -hmm. I do think that you can, you know, start playing some young guys. You know, can Keon White play like on a full-time basis? Can Mapu play maybe instead of Adrian Phillips and Jalen Mills at safety? And, and live through his mistakes. Maybe you don't have as good a chance to win that game as you would if the veterans played. That's how you tank. Those guys are out there trying. They're trying to make their way as NFL players. They're playing hard. But I, I just think the Giants are a different different breed of suck. I don't I don't see you losing to Tommy DeVito. No, no, no way. Tommy DeVito. Now, now if you uh, – and then he has a very short ride home and he can always get a nice comforting meal after the game. Meatloaf! Don't make fun so, of Italians who hey, live with their parents, Fitzy. That's not nice. I'm not. I'm. So, I admire it. I haven't it's had a. I haven't had a maternal figure make me a comforting meal of meatballs, lasagna, or ziti in ages. I. I actually envy Tommy DeVito. He's probably the smartest guy in the NFL. He's making decent money, and he runs around all day, tries to not get sacked, and goes home to you know freaking <laughs> good carbs. gravy and 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 garlic bread. But, um, so there is a chance though that if Bailey Zappi plays well. There'll be a, a probably a lessened or decreased version of Zappy fever that swells out. Oh, look, see, yep. it should have been Zappy all this time. People will just ignore everything that's gone on the rest of the way, which would be bananas. And I agree with you, Paul. Like, put in Keon White, put in So and Mafi, put in Mapu. Like, let's see all these guys try put Booty in full time to see if there's anything. I don't know if there's much there, but just find out. That's the whole thing. Like, it's time to blank around. And find out as opposed to just sort of sticking with what really hasn't worked as well. Like, I'm good with Juju. I'm good with Devontae. Right. We don't need to, like, the diminishing returns clauses have kicked in with all these guys. We can't undo the mistakes. There is no, like, text edit function or tweet edit function with these guys. They're there. It's done. But give some other people a chance to play. Uh, who, one of the things we, I bet you've talked about and we've focused here on the podcast is, who are your keepers or who now on the roster, Paul, do you believe are the guys you would either prioritize playing, re-signing, or focusing on trying to stick around for 2024 and beyond? Yeah, you just talked about the young guys that I want to find out about. And and you're right. I don't know that any of those guys can play. I mean, I mean you got to figure it out, though. I think you need to find out if Kayshawn Booty is potentially a player for you down the road. Uh, Demario Douglas is is you know certainly moved into that that area the last several weeks. He's playing as he should. So find out about those young guys. I I think at some point you have to give some guys some second contracts. If Michael Lewinu's a right tackle, let, let's get him extended. Let's get Kyle Duggar extended. Stop 
spinning the wheel of the next guy can do this. I think Kyle Duggar's a flawed player. Okay. He he does some good things. He's especially physical, I think, around the line of scrimmage. He's not great in coverage. Okay, let's work around that and make him a Patrick Chunk type player and try to avoid some of the things that you need him to avoid. But re-sign him and extend him. I think those things send messages to locker rooms. And other guys see, like, okay, if I if I do this, I will get rewarded. Right now, the last five years, every single one of those guys have been allowed to walk. So I think that's a bad message. Um, Christian Barmore, he's been outstanding. Again, there, there have been some bright spots. Yeah. Find, find those. I think that's another guy you want to try to build around. The nucleus is too small right now. But those are three guys I would certainly try to hold on to and build around uh, for the future. You know, and Andy, back to the stuff about the quarterback. Um, I was stunned it took Belichick as long as it did to take him out. Now, when he took him out, I wouldn't have taken him out. I, like I said, I don't think that was fair to Zappi. You know, minute 52, we're on our own 14. Hey, kid, no timeouts. Go get him. You know, that's not <laughs> fair to Zappi. No. You know, um, and then all the Macalites come out of the woodwork and like, just see the interception he throws? Like he's, he's like. The Macalites. Like oh, he, I he, love that. He, you've never heard that? No, okay. I, I, no, that's, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, you know, but I, I like the top of my head, but I just assumed that was out there somewhere and I just read it because I'm not all that clever, but I love it. Um, He's right. the, the, the throw that he makes on the fake spike. Okay. <laughs> Obviously it's a terrible throw. He throws into four. It was like a defensive team meeting. As they say, he throws into like, do you think it's a little different <laughs> throwing an interception in that spot? Yeah. You know, like we got, we got to get a touchdown. We have no timeouts. There's like 30 seconds. I'll tell you, you want to know where that drive went really, really bad. I, I know I like to go on my, my tangents. So it's third and 10. He throws a nine yard pass to Douglas, right? Mm-hmm. They have no timeouts. They have to run to the line. It's fourth and one. If they don't get the yard, they lose. And they just run Ramondre Stevenson for like a yard. Like he barely yeah. moves the stick. You can't do that. That cost them like 35 seconds. Right. Those two plays. The game's over now. So now you have to resort to a fake spike that didn't fool anybody in the secondary. The, the guys up front didn't rush, but nobody in the secondary was bothered by it because they're all 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So you can't, like, to me, you can't run the ball on fourth and one to get the first down. You need 15 yards, and probably you need to get out of bounds like because the time at that point was, was too restrictive. But I didn't necessarily think of it as an emotional call, Andy. Um, like you did and like some I think Mike Reese did Mike Reese and I had a great conversation about it on Tuesday and he felt the same way you did I was like I don't know how many chances you can give the guy before you just say all right enough is enough I can't do this anymore yeah I I just think that was a different beast I mean that I, I can't express it enough that that's the worst throw I've ever seen on an NFL field like I I've joked and I'm joking I say this every time because I don't want to get Mac like investigated if you told me oh, in a boy. movie he was on the take, that was the All throw right. he would make All in the right. movie where he's on the take, where he has to lose the game, where they kill his family or something. I can say I've had I've had more zip on bubble football passes than he had on. Yes, that. it yeah, was. But, but what has, guys, if you if you look at the like, I don't want to go like, and now it's time for all twenty-two, but like. You can see he's so shell shocked and he's so broken and he's so hesitant and he's so fearful that the second. Uh, I think it was Lowe who was in at left tackle. The second 52 stunts in around Lowe, and Matt can see. The guy's still a full second away, but Matt oh, but just like, even oh, no. He was going in front of him. But whether yeah, he like, was or wasn't, but he, he panicked. Throw, 
That's so panic and throw the ball the to the end zone. You can't right. panic. That, and exactly, throw Paul. It's not even. A, it's not arm talent. It's not fit. Like the guys. I'm with Curran. Like it's, Tom. It's, it's partly arm talent because guys can fall away from that throw and still make it. He. That's can. true. No, that's right. Justin Herbert can make that throw. But I, anyway, long and short, I'm with Tom Curran. This is not like a headspace breakdown. And let's go to the feelings couch. So you got the Patriots um, at 12 wins. No, I'm yeah, funny. Uh, I'm with Curran though. How's my ceiling of seven or eight looking? Boy, unattainable. The update, the updated wins total is like the updated wins total. I think on FanDuel is four and a half. And I think the Patriots even have gone off the board until a quarterback is announced, which I think you could get to five bananas to me, but that's going to be tough. They're going to win this one. What if I don't want them to get there? Because I I want them. I I I was, you know, just, just taking all the media stuff out just as a Patriots fan. I don't want them to get there. Anyway, I, I Mac is definitely no, no, absolutely not. Mac is broken. The the guy needs to sit to rethink a lot of things and a fresh start for him next year so he can try to reconstitute his career someplace with different coaching would be best for all parties. But Chargers. two quick ones I want to hit you with. Exactly. Um, two quick questions I want to hit you with before we wrap it up. And maybe Andy has a another quick one. We have workshopped this idea that maybe Sean Wade, because of a couple of plays, some good tackles he's made. You know, he hasn't really worked on the outside, might be a better slot corner, but they seem to have a they have John Jones, maybe Marcus Jones comes back next year healthy. Just throwing it out there, Paul. What do you think of Sean Wade trying to switch to free safety? Hmm. hmm. I hadn't really thought about that much. Um, I, I do think you. I do think that he um I think it's one of those deals that because of the contrast of Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson being so far off the res- reservation before that Washington game. Well, Sean Wade was, you know, like Sean Wade. Oh, yeah, maybe this is a guy that's played well. Like, no. Like, I, even on Sunday, he made a good tackle on a screen. Good play on a screen. Safety-like. That was safe right? play. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's 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 put him at safety then. Because even if you guys remember the, the last third down, you know, the, the Colts get that first down on the long throw um, when Jalen Mills didn't cover Josh Downs on the, on the sideline, kind of yeah. like a like a wheel route kind of thing. Um, so they get the first down there. Now they get one more first down, and they're going to kneel on the ball. It's third and 11. And Sean Wade allowed a nine-yard pass as easy as you could possibly allow it. And if the footwork was a little better, that would have been that would have been a first down. I think um, I think he might have gotten lost. You know, you're used to being like third and nine there, third and ten rather than third and eleven. I think maybe he he broke off that route. I think it was Pittman caught the pass right in front of the stake. Um, I thought that was uh, given the circumstances of the play and non-competitive coverage, they got away with it because they were a little short and the Colts didn't have, uh, you know, they, they rightly punted to make them go the long way. But I, I haven't been overly impressed with John Wade, I guess is my, my long way of saying. I think that he's been better than the other guy. He's better than Jack Jones. Jack Jones was awful three games in a row. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the biggest reason why he's not here. Well, and that's why Mike Pellegrino told you it was his decision to play Sean Wade, because when he decided to put the best players on the field, it was all about Sean Wade, 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 Wade. Right. And that's another reason why I want to sort of rid myself of that Belichick way. So he's pressing for playing time, he told us, right? Pellegrino, his practices are great, right? So he was pressing so much for playing time that he played the first 13 plays of the game and then nothing else after that. And we're supposed to believe that? 
And no, I mean, yes, they want you to, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to. Paul, the last thing I wanted to ask you before you wrap up, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. The McCordys are very good in the media, even though they have two very different views um, this week on what's going to happen with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Devin thinks that Bill will be back. Jason thinks, quote, blow it up at the end of the season. I'm more in the Jason category. But even, you know, we had Gronk and Edelman, right, attached at the hip. And just this week, Gronk is like, well, Mac should ask for his release. He's been disrespected. My guy Edelman, Hardo Central, says basically we make plays, not excuses. Don't give me the bitching about three coordinators. And then he had something to the effect, starting to scare me how much Edelman and I think alike, by the way. A little concerning there on a lot of levels. Yep. But he made a comment, if you're the guy, you're the guy, right? Like it, it, my special thing, like Patrick Mahomes, real NFL starting quarterbacks, franchise QBs, don't bitch about the line or the receivers. They just go out there and they find a way to win. Have you been surprised by, I guess, the coverage and the varying views from these expatriates the way even our guy Wiggy has been very critical of the Patriots, and then this week he tried to say, put some respect on the name of Bill Belichick. Uh, do you think these guys, I guess, are just kind of scrambling? Is this a difficult situation for them to be in, especially most of them kind of early in their media careers? Yeah, I think it kind of has to be. Um, it, it's... You know, I, you know, I throw Teddy Bruschi in there, too, who's, yep. who's had some pretty outspoken comments. I think it's got to be nine, difficult for these guys, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and you're right. I think that you know, when you talk about some of the guys that are just starting out in the business, the last thing in the world they want is to create an enemy with such a powerful guy. Mm -hmm. um, so it is probably a tough spot for those guys. But I think they've done, for the most part, a pretty good job of it, um, sort of recognizing. And, and the Mac thing, the, the part that – that Edelman really stood out to me. And I know this for a fact from talking to some of the guys. Um, I talked to James Ferens a little bit about this uh, in the summer. He was in one of our production meetings. It's nothing could be more overblown than the three, than the three coordinator thing. The three are, it's the same offense. It's almost exactly the same offense. McDaniels O'Brien. There were some tweaks that Patricia tried to do, obviously with the zone runs and things like that, that we know about. Um, Yes. Is it easy to have a different guy talking to you three years in a row? No, that's not easy. But it's not like he had to learn three different offenses. And that's the way it's sort of been portrayed, again, Fitzy, by the yep. Macalites. Mm -hmm. um, they want you to believe that like this is like a David Carr situation and no one could have succeeded with an expansion team and getting sacked a record amount of times. Right. I don't even think the pressure was all that bad on Sunday. He got sacked five times in the first half, I think. I think a, a quarterback with his confidence playing well maybe would have taken two of those. And he ran it. He run. That's the, th and that's the thing. And we could go on and on about this, and, but we don't want to like, you know, kick a three legged dog at this point, but like Mac runs into sacks. Like he, oh, yeah. his, his inability to step up. Now this is obviously heresy. Almost to many people like comparing him to Brady, any quarterback that steps up into the pocket or finds their spaces and gaps to be able to execute a throw down field. Mac is just not feeling it right now. And whether that is just not native to him, Paul, if it's not an innate trait or because he is a little battered and bruised right now, I don't know. But yeah. we don't have time to find that out. Like that's going to ultimately be somebody else's issue, I believe, uh, not Mac Jones's, because even though he'd be reasonably affordable next year on the fourth year when you don't pick up the fifth year option, I still can't see the Patriots holding on to him as well. Uh, we'll get you out of here, Paul, but just uh, uh, last one overall. Paul Perillo is running the Patriots draft next year. Let's say they have the fifth overall pick. So they're picking five and 37, two 
massive pivotal franchise altering picks. Which way are you going to go? You gave I'm him just, five. He got right, four. Four and 36. Fine. Three. Can it I doesn't matter if it's not one or two, Andy. So stop. Well, no, um, I think top three, you can still sell yourself on Marvin Harrison that you got a general. It's going to be Arizona. It's going to be Chicago picking for Carolina and then probably the Giants. Yeah, I, I, I would. Yeah, I think the we'll Patriots go. can get in front of one of those, but um, I would do everything I could to put a package together and, and, and get up into to one or two. Cause I, I do think both of those guys look like they have the potential to be the guy um, Williams in May. I kind of like, I'm kind of getting a little bit more infatuated with May. I think Williams is more talented, mm-hmm. um, but I do kind of worry about the kind of the LeVar ball ish like vibe I get uh, from the family right. and the father yeah. and, you know, a lot of off field stuff, you know, the, you know, you, I don't have to go through that. Yep, yep, yep. So what I would probably do if I got stuck sticking at four or five or whatever it was, Andy's right. It, it you know, Harrison would be my my preference, non quarterback. I think you'd probably have to take a, a a tackle or you know, you know, I don't know, maybe Brock Bowers. How about Brock Bowers? Would you got? Could you sell yourself on Bowers at five, Andy? No, no, no. You don't like Brock Bowers? You don't think he's a like? Gronk I think guest? he's. Uh, I do not think he's Gronk yet. Did you just say that out loud? Gronkian? <laughs> not Gronk adjacent? No. Oh, I, I, like I think that. he's nice a job. good player. He's not, he's, he's not anywhere near as physical as Gronk. He's not I, transformational. He's not a transformation. Is he Kelsey-esque? Uh, probably he's, a good, he's a good looking lad. He is. He's a good looking guy. <laughs> it's not what I was talking about, Fitzy. But he probably right. is closer to Kelsey. Well, but- I, how about how about this? Like the other night. So I was on the radio the other night with Rich Keefe and we were just bouncing around right. all the various sites that have their way too oh, early. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guys, I don't know if you know, but I'm the other guy every other night on a nighttime radio show. It's really it's I nailed it. I crushed it. Hey, my I told you, I promised you. Um, but uh, you'd be stunned at the number of websites, Paul, that have the Patriots picking five, like it's like Bleacher Report, Walter Football, a lot of sites that we all pick around for our, you know, yeah. our mock drafts and conversations. They all have the Patriots taking J.J. McCarthy. Oh, uh, uh, no, that's Mac Light. Like, Mac I, Light I, or Mac Light? I, I'm Diet not, Mac. Mac, Mac Zero. Miller Light. He, he threw like eight passes last week. Like he has the best offensive line, the best defense, a powerful running game. Like, no. No yes, yeah. I'm with Paul. If you're going to start a freaking out, there's other like quarterbacks to freak out with. Like Jaden Daniels is coming Ooh, on strong. Bingo. I mean that that's where I'm starting to pivot to Jay. Like his so numbers are taking a tackle at five, uh-huh. moving up with the second round pick into the second, the bottom half of the first round, and getting Jaden Daniels. We've been talking a lot about that yes, on the uh, yes, six rings. Yes. Now yes. I don't love it just because I continue to say I said this on TV the other night. Like Brag. When was the last time, no, but like. When was the last time a tackle changed everything? Like Jake Long, ooh, Eric Fisher. No, Eric Fisher. Who's the Fisher guy that the Colt, the Chiefs uh, like? I'll tell. I'll tell. I mean, this is a deep pull. This is a deep pull. You remember the first pick for the Jaguars overall it was Tony Baselli. Tony Baselli, hmm. yeah, but they win. That and Mark Brunello allowed them to be good. Right. That's my point. Like Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardle. The idea that the Red tackle Taylor. is this transformational thing, and you know, Paul, I bitch about. You know, the Chiefs and the Bengals, how, oh, their line sucked. Yeah, in the Super Bowl. Their line cost them the chance to win the final football game of the year in the Super Bowl. Because they lost both tackles in the postseason. But Andy's point is right. I think you can work around a bad offensive line. There's a lot of good teams with suspect offensive lines. If you you are good. If you have the quarterback. 
right. good quarterbacks, right. great quarterbacks, true franchise quarterbacks find a way. And that was Edelman's point. Like they find a way to get the job done. But the one thing I will say is this is going to be fun. It, it might feel well, it's going to be a great off season, but December, January, February, March, like dealing with all of this speculation being in on, especially mm-hmm. a year when there's what six quarterbacks that are like in the conversation for the first yeah, two yeah, yeah. rounds. And you, you can, can see five or six like- go in the first round, Andy, for sure. Is there any one of those quarterbacks that you like not named Williams and um, what's his name? And may, um, I like Bo Nix a little bit. Um, I definitely have the fears of like, huh, Auburn Bo Nix, not so good. Gets to Oregon, different player, what hat, like everything that went into that. Penix is fun as like a downfield lefty thrower, but you know, Paul, I don't really like lefties, so he has a uh, mark against him immediately. He does, the- he, he does have a more Michael Vick like left handed arm than the. No, I know. You know Tua, you know, and kind of soft. There's been good lefties, but Jay hasn't Daniels he also had multiple ACL injuries too? Yeah, two. Yeah, okay. Uh, who doesn't? It's, you know, but they are all old too. You know, Penix is right. old. Nix is old. I think Daniel's yeah. been around a little bit too because Daniel started at Arizona State. And here it is. Here it is. We start tearing them down. We built them up to be first round yeah, prospects. But, uh, now we tear them Florida down. State but, kid, I, I kind of yeah. like. But he's he's a little small and he's also been around forever. Look, if there if you could tell me that you get a tackle that is going to just be a brick wall for ten years and you get an elite number one wide receiver. Maybe that isn't Harrison. Maybe it's neighbors and he can shake free and get open and give you a true number one. Then I don't mind if they take a quarterback in the second round and bring in a veteran guy to hold the hold down the fort next year. And then you develop a second round guy. I don't hate McCarthy. I like him a little more than you guys. I'm not throwing him him. in. I just don't think he's a first round talent. That's all. No, no, no. He's not a first round talent. I think of him the way I thought of Mac Jones coming out. Like, if you can't succeed with that, I don't know what you're doing. Well, how that worked uh, out for you. (laughs) Well, we do have a long off season to discuss this as well, Paul. So people just buckle up, hold tight, get through the asteroid field that will be the final seven weeks of the season. And it should be one of the more memorable, enjoyable. And he's just, he doesn't want to deal with the next seven weeks. I know. No, it just made me think of my guy, James Devlin, when I wrote the story for WEI, when he was talking about, running the marathon. He's like, I don't know what it is with me. I'm a fullback in the NFL. And then I run a marathon when I retire, just embrace the suck. We now have to embrace the suck as the new England. Yes. Patriots for seven. I'm, I'm telling you weeks, Paul, I have, I have, I told the organization, like, it's time to like change the sign from Gillette to Schaefer, put the, put the <laughs> troughs back in the bathrooms. How did you tell Let, the organization? Are you organization? I will tell you. We had a I'm supposed to relay that. I think. No, no. We had a conference call before I hosted the season ticket member viewing party against the Raiders. And they were like, you got any ideas? Sunday fits. And I was like, yeah, let's put the latrines back in, change the sign to Schaefer, let people smoke in the building. Let's go back to the late seventies and just rip it up. How'd that go over? I got big laughs, and then they were like, yeah, moving on. <laughs> Let's get some goalposts and carry them down Route 1 and get electrocuted. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride. It'll be a great offseason. Yes, steer into it, folks. That's our motto. Steer into it. Just embrace the terrible. It's a not thick and skin, the flavor on the bottom, and you'll appreciate it more when we get back to the top. Good job, Andy, as always. Paul, you can follow. Uh, Paul, what is it? Is it PFW, Paul? Correct. On the tweet machine? Next time I'll put it down in my my little tag here like you guys. Very well. So give him a follow at PFW Paul. Read him at Patriots.com. Tuesdays through Thursdays alongside Lazai and Tamara and the Deuce and the Kirsch and everyone else on Patriots Unfiltered. Paul, you're the best. Thanks for uh, godfathering uh, all these years. Thanks Thanks for mentoring Andy, I guess, or at least, you know. 
for, for tolerating us. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Great job, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks. This has been Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings. Brought to you, as always, by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Everybody enjoy the bye week. Come back rested and refreshed. Get ready. Hold tight. It's going to be a bumpy rest of the way, but what an awesome offseason it'll be. And, hey, you just may be under center starting for the Patriots, a quarterback, before the Christmas holidays come up. Good day. God bless. Thank you very much, Paul Perillo. And as always, go Pats.